0: listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn.
1: Yeah, I did just say party on down, Jackie. I did. What are you going to do about it? Love it. it. Deal with it. Bam. It's Friday. We're (laughs) recording on a Friday, so you never know what's going to happen. This is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. And welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Friday edition, but you're going to hear it on Wednesday. But that's not the point, folks. Just you know, go with it. We're we're on our Friday mode. Um. So, Jackie, yes, is it freezing in Waco? It's like freaking freezing. (laughs) Okay. Probably not. I mean, it's freezing
0: for Arizona standards. It's
1: not legitimately
0: like under 30 degrees. It's like 50 degrees.
1: It's 65 here, and it's freezing. Okay, I have the fireplace on, and I'm under a blanket. I'm I I. I can't deal. I cannot deal. Um, And our guest is also cold. (laughs) Our guest is also cold today. So we're going to let her (laughs) introduce herself and talk about the weather where she is. And then we'll jump into it. So uh, Pam, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. We'd love for you to introduce yourself and and share a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure. Um, My name is Pam Luck. And I do live in Northern California where it's currently windy and like 54, which I know all the people that live in much colder places, they're like, what are you even talking? talking about but I will say this they don't insulate houses in this part of the um state like they would like in colder regions so I, we don't have any near the insulation in folks that are the anyway it's chilly I'm cold too what are you gonna do um but in terms we of have who I am <laughs> in Arizona we have insulation in Arizona
1: but it doesn't help I'm still cold sorry please continue <laughs>
2: Oh my goodness. So, yeah. So the reason I'm here today is to share a little bit about my story. And, um, that is a long and complex one, but we're gonna, I'll condense it. I'll condense it down. Um, so yeah, I started a company called Ember and Ace, which is an athletic wear line for plus size kids. Um, I've been plus size my whole life. I mean, I think for me, it started, if you look at me, pictures me in second grade, you're like, yeah, I think it's coming. And then by fifth grade, you know, puberty sort of hits and you're like, oh, there she is. Okay. Um, So, but I loved playing sports and I danced. So I played soccer from like elementary school all the way through high school. And I danced, tap, jazz and ballet, again, elementary all through high school. And by the time I got to high school, um, I struggled to find shorts that fit I struggled to find leotards that fit um and this was more than 30 years ago thank you very much and (laughs) fast forward to today I have a daughter who's a teenager in a bigger body and she dances and we're struggling to find leotards and Mm. I'm like how is this still a thing how is this still a thing so that's why I decided okay I'm gonna go completely outside my comfort zone in an area where i have absolutely no professional experience and try to solve this problem yeah and so i love that you're just like who's gonna fix this oh wait me it's me (laughs) it's me apparently because you know i waited i sort of like this idea had been in my head for a little bit but i sort of was like i did all the things that i think most people do it's like um you don't have a background in design and you don't have any knowledge around apparel manufacturing And so these things are sort of in my head and I'm like, but nobody's doing anything. Um, so I, you know, a project manager, I I was a project manager for a really long time, certified PMP. So I'm like, that's a very translatable skill set. I can use that to find people to help me and we can make a plan and we can figure it out together. And so that's sort of what I've been doing with mixed success, (laughs) but yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, I love the the transformation from uh, you know a project manager to a clothing designer manufacturer. All those things like that is a switch. But to your point, yeah, it is very. Uh, I think anyone that is a project manager can kind of do anything. Like,
2: <laughs> you I have really wish people understood like everyone. what what a tremendous skill set it is to have. Um, because what I always used to say about being a project manager is you have all of these groups of people, and you have no authority over people or budgets, but you're supposed to somehow get all of them to move in a certain direction and contribute and meet deadlines. And, but I don't manage these aren't, this isn't my team. These aren't my direct reports and I don't control sort of where the money goes, but I'm somehow expected to sort of steer (laughs) this very large ship full of folks. So.
1: Yeah. Pam, Uh, Jackie and I are both in HR, so we are extremely familiar with not actually being in, you know, being the leader of a team, but asking them to do stuff for us. I'm sure pretty much everyone on this call can relate to that fact if they have children, if they're in HR, Mm -hmm. if they're a leader in any capacity. Yeah, so very familiar, very familiar. So uh, what type of dance did you do?
2: I did tap, jazz, and ballet um, growing up. And then when I got to college, actually, I started um, African dance. And I actually performed with the ensemble in college for four years. And it was one of the best experiences of my life because um, I'll be honest, I sort of allowed, um, you know, different dance teachers that I had come across and other things to sort of steal my joy of dance. And that's sort of why I walked away from ballet and sort of those styles. And with African dance, my body wasn't a problem, right? Um, it was one of the styles of dance where it didn't matter how I was built. It was really about, you know, learning choreography and putting yourself into it and, you know, using it as an expression, as an art form and performance. And I absolutely adored it. And so it was a wonderful experience for me to sort of take back a little bit of that love that I had for dance. Um mm-hmm which was fantastic it that
0: is i'm kind of still stuck on like how is that still a thing right because it's like you you there's so there's so many that are so self-conscious and i'm thinking of just putting yourself out there especially Mm -hmm. in competitive sports and you're like okay i'm going to try out for the team right and then oh i made the team and now you have practice every day and twice on saturday and you're going to have to get these uniforms and it's like where do we go and you can't show up with your best self if you don't know what you're going to wear or you feel like it's not made for you or that would I think that has to be part of stealing the joy
2: oh for sure um and I think if you can imagine a lot of these kids the uniform challenges and fit probably start junior high high school so you're like what 14 15 years old at that and it it's a really hard thing to sort of go to your coach even and say this uniform doesn't fit me. A lot of kids will just quit because that's an awful lot at that age to sort of be able to speak up and say look can we try and find another one and some schools don't stock larger sizes maybe an extra large is the largest that they carry. Um and so a lot of kids will walk away and that's sort of what we see the pattern and a lot of times like I said they won't speak up about the why they'll just say to their parents I don't want to do that anymore because they're worse yeah because they're worried about the shirt's going to ride up and expose their belly or the shorts are too tight in the leg or you know so I I think it's just something that if we were sort of paying a little closer attention this is a very solvable problem I mean I'd like to say like
0: this is how old I am this is this will tell you how old I am (laughs) so when I was a cheerleader um starting with this it was considered like a novelty so all of the uniforms had to be purchased by our parents which Mm. sounds absolutely insane but that's the way it went and we had to weigh in every week and if you were like over 117 pounds then you weren't allowed to cheer that week so and (laughs) they measured the skirt by the waist Mm-hmm. and I remember I had a small waist but I had this like big old booty and so my skirt because you know that was back when we still sexualized girls so it was really short and it would all I would stick to every chair in school my thighs stuck to every single chair because it was always up and mm-hmm. you can always see my butt for my whole for my high school career and it's like this is Trump this is traumatizing
2: yeah and there's so many things in that whole story that are there's lots
0: that's why i'm like if it tells you how old i am i I honestly is
2: it really any different today is it
0: no but they have um uniforms provided by the school board that's all that's the only difference
2: (laughs) and they're not going to carry them in a a variety of you know like
0: the 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 fact of understanding that there's different body types no it's not because you still when you play sports like I, i looking at your soccer um they didn't make uniforms for women's soccer when i was mm. in high school
2: yeah one of the solutions for me because i actually i started as a defender and then i became a goalkeeper like the last two years of high school um so i had to go to the men's section at the sporting goods store because i am also so old i predate online shopping thank you very much yes yes <laughs> <laughs> right so we had to go to the men's section at the sporting goods store and I'm like hoping they're gonna carry like an extra large or a double extra large, but still, like for the shirt, doesn't fit in the chest right so I'm like you do that thing where you tuck in your arms and like stretch it out, and that was the best I could do, and the pants were all too long, right? So they're expecting me to be at least you know six foot tall, and I'm like maybe five four at this point, so yeah.
1: But, like I think the piece, and you know, it, you're both kind of mentioning it, is the the trauma that you suffer in that space of not wanting to tell your parents, not wanting to bring attention to it, mm-hmm. not wanting to like it. It does it. You know, at some point, kind of shuts you down. I, the weighing, I, I'm not, I can't process the weighing. Children as cheerleaders, that one, I, I'm going to have to let sit for a minute, Jackie. I, I'll come back to that, but just the clothing piece alone the being uncomfortable in your own skin and i think all of us you know as adult women we can say oh well i now dress for the body type that i am and that makes me feel better and dress you know so you can feel comfortable but as a child you don't even know how to express that or if there isn't you know if there aren't clothing options available what what do you do you know how do you express that or know that you need to express it Or do you, you know, as you just mentioned, Pam, just shut down and say, I don't want to do this sport anymore or this activity or whatever it might be.
2: Yeah. And I think there's a lot of instances where that's what kids do is you just stop participating. That's
0: right. Mm -hmm. I also love how you size the like this instead of like extra large or extra extra because that's the other part of you have this labels that you know that you have to go in and get these various sizes. So I like the way that you size the clothes Mm -hmm. um, that you create. So it's not because they're, you know, they—they they, these are the things that just mess with you mentally. They just—they—they—they they, they stick with you, and we talk about it a lot. Is terms of work of being able to be your best self,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: you can't be your best self if that's what you're concerned about. And I'd love to hear if you've seen some of the other impacts that has had as a result of being able to have your brand some of the things that you've seen or heard.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think. I think I've heard from, I've heard a lot from adults that are telling stories of how they wish when they were teenagers they could have had clothing like this because it did take them out of something that they really, really enjoyed. And I think one of the biggest challenges for kids is people think you don't enjoy sports when you're in a bigger body, right? Mm -hmm. They think that you're not participating because they, all of these ideas they have about who you are and what you do with your body or don't do. And so, you know i think kids are just excited that they're like i do like to play basketball with my friends and i do like to play soccer and you know having an opportunity i think for parents keeping your kid connected that's the other piece that we don't talk about like yes there's all the benefits to moving your body that have nothing to do with making your body smaller but we also need to think about like the social and mental impact Of keeping these kids engaged, right? Some of my memories that I have from playing—I can't tell you how many games we won in soccer. I can't tell you anything really much about the games. I can tell you a lot of stories about us on the bus rides for the away games, and hanging out with my friends, and spending time right with my friends and classmates. And you know, it's some of that stuff that I think you start to to hear about and and really want for these kids to have is that opportunity to be on a team and stay connected.
1: i'm right there with you like i can i can tell you stories about you know breaking my finger during a basketball game and having the coach just grab it and pull it out thinking it was like just just so, he actually broke it worse uh, i could tell you about all of the you know sitting in the bus and all the shenanigans and all that fun stuff and in Arizona, there were a couple of away games that were far where we had to drive down to Nogales and, mm-hmm. and things like drive to Yuma. And so, and those were always the, the fun, but also very long bus rides. Um, but yeah, like, I agree. Like I, I couldn't tell you how many games were won or lost, but it's the feeling of participating and, and I, you do think about, you know, again, kind of what you see in the media and what you see it's yeah. If you're a bigger child you're not going to be involved in sports or you're not going to be interested in doing that, which is just a stereotype we we need to break. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the I I don't know if either of you watched the uh, man, I forget the name of it, but the cheer. um, It was like the the school in New Mexico that has the major like cheer program. And I think the show was actually called cheer um, and they had like body sizes because they had male and female cheerleaders. And they had different body sizes and it was great and you know other than the the girls that were you know being thrown in the air who had to be a a certain size just so they could be thrown in the air um it, it was great to see just different body sizes and i think hopefully we're moving forward a little bit even though it's taking longer than it should because i think children just any way that they can be bullied or marginalized or not be the same as the rest of the the folks that just doesn't feel great so i love mm-hmm. that you're doing this, this clothing line because i think it's just so critical to be accepted
2: uh mm-hmm. when you're well, and, and to stay court. connected to the activities and people that you love right mm-hmm. and i think if people want to see what pre- plus size athletes look like go check out all of the a lot of the folks that i follow at and on instagram there are plus size people that run marathons, that run ultra marathons, that bike, you know, that surf, that do all kinds of things, basketball players, dives, divers, you you name it. And I think part of it is that when you don't see people in bigger bodies doing these things, it just sort of reinforces all these ideas you have. So part of it is getting kids to see people in bigger bodies doing these things. And then I also think for thin kids, seeing these other kids that are in bigger bodies doing these things because they're also working on you know it's important that everyone see these kids doing these things and you challenge the ideas that you have in your head um yeah
0: you I you are right I am plus size and I did endurance events and people thought I lied I was like right I I was like no really I I did that I didn't know because if you did you all know? those things you'd be thin and people said are you okay I remember like yeah I'm just not a fast swimmer yeah sorry lifeguard you're just gonna have to wait till, you're just gonna have to wait till I get there
2: <laughs> yeah it's one of the things that comes up a lot when you do like if you do any kind of activity sports or activity in public as a, as a plus size or a fat person people think you're a beginner and, right. you're like, and you're like I'm an endurance athlete thanks thanks so much I got this I'm all right
0: Yeah. I used to hang out with a group of women that we used to call penguins. We call ourselves the penguins, which was like, we're going to get there. You know, if you watch a penguin walk, right. They're just kind of like, I'm coming. You cannot rush a penguin. There's just no, it's just not happening. There's nothing you can do. And so there was a bunch of us and we used to call ourselves the penguins. And it's known like on the running circuit, there's a, there's a group of people that they call penguins and those are the people who are like, I'm going to finish. Like, I'm not trying to be first. I'm just in it because I enjoy You can still enjoy those things. And, and I, and I feel like now, especially we don't see kids just riding their bike or playing outside you want to have these types of events where it is more structured. And so with that,
2: yeah, I mean, that important piece, even looking at like rec programs in the summer, right? Mm -hmm. What size t-shirts do you have for your rec program? Yeah. And, and that's like, I'm, I, I understand when we're talking about highly competitive teams and people that are trying to play, you know, division one in college, I get it. But I'm talking about, that's not every school, that's not every program, and particularly recreational programs in the summer, those should be inclusive spaces. But that means that those kids still need clothing that fit, mm. right? Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Well,
0: I wanted to ask, why do you call it Ember and Ace?
2: yeah this is it's a good story actually i think um when you start a company one of the first i don't know the one of the first things i do is look at what url is available (laughs) because i think every single like iteration of every single english word under the sun basically is taken and even like the weird spellings are taken so and i didn't want it to be my name i just said that didn't feel like it was the right fit so I spent a lot of time thinking about it and I was like writing like in my journal like what do I want this brand to feel like what do I want it to feel like and I w- I wrote down the word embrace I want to embrace these kids and they need to embrace who they are where they are and that's where I said what can I do Ember and Ace comes from the word embrace um,
0: I love that more than you know <laughs>
2: because there are actually two words right that are real words and because every iteration of the word embrace was like not even a thing so gonna happen so yeah that's cute
1: yeah that is a a cool uh, it's just a cool name and it's a great story and yes the domain name is the most important thing to any brand that you have to think about before we did it when we were naming our podcast it was like what should we do how should we name (laughs)
2: this yeah and it
1: takes forever
2: <laughs> and then you have to like do the search and like cross your f- fingers like yes. you're like okay let me google let me google really quick okay it's good on google now let me actually go to like the state business registry that's right yes. like come on <laughs> I'm work for fingers. Textio.
0: it's on sale that's why they're it, it not only was it available but they chose textio because it was on sale for two years for like 20 bucks or something oh when they <laughs> went to do, and they're like oh well, just name it that everyone tries to make it into a Ooh, and you're like no
1: <laughs> as a as a godad shareholder i appreciate that please continue <laughs> buying them all up
2: <laughs> so yeah i mean it's um, just one of those things where you just hope that it all comes together and there you go yes
1: you know? yes absolutely so can can we ask about you know one of the things that i know you talk about is really having conversations with children about body diversity Mm -hmm. and how do you approach that what are you know what are the ways and you know from a parent's perspective from you know maybe you're a a coach different things like that how do you approach that
2: yeah i would say there's all there's a lot of levels to sort of getting comfortable with that. I think I just wanna remind everybody that it's okay to not get it perfect. Um, And it's okay to sort of even say to your kid, I'm gonna try here, and I don't know if I'm gonna get it exactly right, but here's what I wanna talk with you about. And sort of owning that this is like, just because it's awkward and hard doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about things and it doesn't mean that I have to be perfect in how I talk about things. And so I want people to just sort of let go of that need to be perfect in these conversations. And I also think there are some very easy things that everyone can do. And I would start with please stop talking about individual bodies including your own. Mm. I think a lot of people don't even realize the kind of things that come out of their mouth on a daily basis about themselves about other people they see about celebrities just a lot there's a lot of body talk and I think we would all be in such a better place if we just sort of pulled way back even making what you consider to be positive comments um there's a comment I read once on a thread that I just will never forget And this woman said, when people were commenting me on, you know, how thin I was and how great I looked, she was deep in her disordered eating at that point and very unhealthy. And so even when you think you're paying someone a compliment, it's just, it's really, it's a, it's a space that I think we really need to be more mindful about. So when you talk about bodies, think about starting by what kinds of, be aware of the kinds of things you're already saying about bodies now and maybe don't realize. Um, and then I think the other thing to really focus on is that bodies come in all different sizes and bodies change all the time, all the time. And especially when you're talking about kids, puberty is wild. It's wild. wild. So, (laughs) I mean, and I'm going through perimenopause now, so it's gotten wild again over here, (laughs) but so, I mean, but the idea is bodies change all the time and that's an okay thing and weight goes up and down and you're going to hear a lot about you know bodies that are better than other bodies and that's just not the case and but i think the other thing with kids is try to listen and also try not to instantly like make it all okay let them sort of process a little on their own and um Just hear what they have to say about some of their experiences and the other thing i read i can't remember who said it i apologize but it was like if they're struggling with their body that you could say well your body is good all bodies are good and i will hold that for you while you sort of work through this on your own and i will remind you of that while you sort of are figuring some stuff out um it's hard and i have good days bad days still i want the other thing that you're still going to have good days bad days right i think we all have like it's the good and bad with like say like social media i follow a lot of amazing plus size people and on some days i'm like oh yes let's go and then on so the bad days i'm like i need not be on social media today yeah <laughs> absolutely
1: so. you know it's it's interesting because i think what you're saying, like what it reminds me of so much is, you know, when like, hey, we have bad days and good days. So do kids. Yep. And, and I think that's something that as adults, we've been taught, like, no, you need to discipline them if they're, you know, acting a certain way or not excited or whatever it might be. And this is such a prime example of that, of whatever is going on in their body, who knows what might be going on in their head to, to join that, you know, circus because it is you know they're evaluating their body they're looking at who's standing next to them in gym the gym class they're looking at all these tv all these different things and they're allowed to have bad days and so i love the idea of just like listen to them and and listen to their experiences of what what is it like for them because while there are so many parallels to what we experienced when we were kids Mm -hmm. there's also a lot of very different things and i mean i you know i think all of us know about just the The levels of bullying the social Mm -hmm. media bullying you know what can happen to children in those situations um and you know the worst possible situation so i i i think i love the idea of just letting kids sometimes have a bad day and and and, but also process what's going on
2: and that's exactly it right process it but don't let it turn into a permanent sort of perspective emotions are like weather right it's like, it's going to be sunny days and rainy days, but the rain never stays forever. So, and I think so true. (laughs) Yeah. And I think for coaches, the one thing I want, um, coaches to think about is when you have kids in bigger bodies to treat them, like you treat your thin athletes. And by that, I mean, don't say you'll be better when you lose weight. Mm. Everyone can improve their endurance their strength, their stamina, their speed. Everyone can improve their skills. Everyone can improve how they show up, the the effort they put forth. And I want you to give that same sort of lens to kids, regardless of body size and notice the improvements, even if the body doesn't get any smaller, because that's often the case, right? You can improve all of those things as an athlete and your body size might not change at all. As you're building muscle right things you could see absolutely no change on the scale and that doesn't mean they're not improving and that doesn't mean they're not a strong athlete and a competitor well
0: and like you said like in going through puberty that's like a whole other thing where you don't know what's happening and then you already you know those there are kids that have periods right so it's like you know and that which goes correlates with mood i always laugh i was off school for a week like for every year until like from sixth grade until i was like a sophomore until so- <laughs> my mom was like it's your period <laughs> like finally, it was like oh but it's like during that time frame all of these things were going on. And then I felt like, you know, you can accomplish the world later in the time. There's a lot of emotions that are going through and and having those things of of being prepared. I just feel like I, I keep identifying with, of being able to show up and be able to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And that's always the, the, I think the hardest part, even as adults, is being able to show up and just being able to, whatever the thing is, being able to do that and have that support and making it easy. And that's what I think I like about the Ember and Ace, that you have a site to make it easy, like here's a site. And you can do that instead of having to dig all over the place or going to all over the place and trying to figure out what to happen. And I guess, now, do schools still have rules over like School uniforms for athletics or PE? Like, I'm just wondering.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it varies so, so widely. And, you know, school uniforms is one of the areas that I have not dug into too deeply because I'm also just, you know, coming up on high school where this is kind of more of a thing. But I mean, I think there are typically, I think schools do provide the uniforms, but I think there's vendors, like, a, there's like a bunch of vendors that handle a lot of school uniforms. And I think it would just be a matter of, let's look and see who offers extended sizes and are they available for us to purchase right now and if they're not pick up the phone or send an email and be like look if you want to keep being the person that provides uniforms for this school we're going to need you to provide extended sizes but for you know all genders of uniforms for my kids for in this high school or we're going to find somebody that will Mm. right that that
1: makes me think of something that i distinctly remember from like grade school is you know the the very generic uniforms that we would have for whatever sport it was mm-hmm. the the folks that were plus sized it was a different material or it was a slightly different color or, or it was mm-hmm. just just enough off that you knew it was different mm-hmm. and again just another like almost microaggression i would say of mm-hmm. like you're different you can't fit into the what everybody else can fit into and so, yeah, I, I think having those conversations with your vendor to say, no, we want all of our kids to be in the same colored shirt or whatever it might be. And it just seems so simple, but it makes such an impact.
2: Well, and again, even if you have thin kids, you can still support this effort, right? Yes. Even if your are, kids are thin, if you see a rec program and you're like, hey, I noticed that your t-shirts for your summer program only go up to an extra large for kids. I'd like to see you add some additional sizes or you know i was somebody was talking about how they went to a summer camp and the kayak was only weighted up until like 195 pounds um for a camp and they're like okay this is something else where you can again say we want to see you know all your equipment rated above a certain weight limit particularly as you're talking about high school kids right so there are ways that you can also even if your kids aren't bigger make sure that that using your voice to help support these kids being included
1: yeah yeah
0: it makes me like you're right and we always are talking in the DEIB space or about allyship and what does that look Mm -hmm. like and and you know a lot of times it feels like oh well I'll just be an ally to the people I know right or the or my next door neighbor or my cousin in law where it's like No, we're trying to like remedy these wrongs. We're trying to make it like, like things more accessible. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of it, it is an an inaccessibility issue, like of having the access to the same things as everyone else. And so if Mm -hmm. you're not giving that access, you would think it would be more obvious to make sure that those things happen.
2: Well, I mean, even as an adult, I just had something come up the other day where one of the organizations I volunteer with gave out vests for everybody. Do you think they have one in my size, y'all? No. Mm-mm. They didn't. So yeah.
1: Makes you want to go back and volunteer every day, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up i'm like am i gonna have to like freestyle with this thing and like (laughs) should i come in and like take out the seams and like put a whole wild like patterned panel
1: yeah oh my god oh my god um but i think that's also knowing the population of the us and and we are all i think very aware of the fact that we do have a population that is larger Mm -hmm. and and so it is also just like a Well, no, duh, like we need to have these things available for folks. And when we don't, it doesn't make sense. And, 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 you know, I think. People just don't think about it. It's it's again, as you just said, Jackie, it's the allyship piece of are you thinking about everyone who might not feel included in this environment or in whatever space it is and. I assume, and you know, obviously, you're going and you're doing something that is volunteering to do good in whatever your community is, whatever the the effort is. But it's just that little, you know, pinprick, that mosquito bite, whatever you want to call it, of maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe I I'm not someone who should be doing this work or whatever it might be. And that adds up over time, as we know. So yeah, it's just unfortunate that it's just not thought of.
2: Yeah. And i think the more that we can sort of start early with you know particularly with kids i want these kids to have a good relationship with their body i want them to enjoy movement that's the other thing is we you can kill the joy with kids moving their bodies so so quickly when you make it you know painful and awful and about trying to force your body to be smaller um there are so many like adult rec leagues like i know a bunch of adults that still play you know softball or basketball or all those kinds of things but if you have squashed this kid's interest when they were 13 and you know exercise was a word that was about trying to force them to eat less and make their bodies smaller and they re- just they reject movement right and they reject this thing that can be such a great part of your life for a very long time and so it's sort of getting to that space where we can really make a difference uh, well that early. trauma
0: continues going on I mean it goes on until adulthood and mm-hmm. you know it's one of those things where y- you don't realize like that impacts how you see yourself your relationships with your partners how mm-hmm. you show up in the world and there are um you know at the like I re I can remember like I was always one of the the big kids and being told that and just thinking that without even and then when you look back you're like no i wasn't you know mm-hmm. like or it's like sure i was a big kid but i wasn't like all those names that people called me like i shouldn't have been a problem yeah but you will keep that in your head like oh i don't know if i should take those opportunities and the other part is that like you said would just like the best scenario i mean we laugh but you know that's that's painful and it's like how does how does this keep happening still
1: yeah um
0: welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit fuel your purpose and connect us all we believe in the incredible power of the human spirit You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.
1: Talk to us a little bit about uh, the term, the plus side kid, PSK. Yeah. Um, Tell us a bit, how did that come about? How did you come up with that term?
2: Um, I did a little research, actually. The term plus size is, I'm a little older than the term plus size as well. It started around the 80s. Um, I will say that personally, I do refer to myself as fat. I have sort of reclaimed the word fat. It's one of those words that I think has always carried a lot of other negative sort of assumptions and labels about what it means, as opposed to just being a neutral descriptor of a body that has more fat tissue on it than others. So I do refer to myself as fat. Um, and that's a journey that I've been on for like years and years and years. Um, but I decided... I think no one should ever have that word used until they're sort of ready and comfortable and for some people that may never be the case. Um but I think particularly with kids I think it was a really hard and fast way for them to just kind of shut down if I referred to kids as fat kids. Um cuz it's it's such a tough thing to navigate and it's just really really tough. So plus size is a term that's used actually across the apparel industry. There's actually plus size modeling awards and that does cover both the female and male categories so it's a term that sort of has crystallized and i wanted parents to know and be able to find me right when you're trying to do searches and find people that make clothing in your size i wanted to choose a term that sort of aligned with the industry and would make it so people could find me um i mean because there's some of the terms we use like we especially when i was growing up do you remember like husky for the boys section oh yeah that's what I, I was about memorable. to say yeah.
0: husky I remember a husky uh, it's oh, so yes. terrible
2: um and I know a lot of adult women and stuff use curvy which is creepy with kids <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> and um yeah. I I'm not curvy that's what I do I'm right like, I'm full I, I it took me a long time to know it's like one straight curve like apple shape like I'm like one straight curve there's no <laughs> That's not curvy, and it was some generous person who was kind at like Macy's that was like, "You're not curvy." Like it was like,
2: no, it was good.
0: It was positive life changer, right? Right. Because I was wearing the wrong size forever.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, plus size is where I've landed, and then I do talk about kids being in bigger bodies. That also feels like those are the phrases that you'll hear me use the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think it's partly. That's a tough space to navigate when you're young, um, yeah. And so those terms feel approachable and a little less scary, like I said, than referring to people as fat or not. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it, and I'll also say, just as a curvier, I don't know what I'm supposed to call myself. Like, it, like you get I to just decide. You get yeah well, so I just I went shopping for jeans yesterday and one of my very dear friends I was like I can't find any jeans that I'd like you know if I get them and they fit me then they stretch out and like feel like they're falling off of me an hour after you put them on and so I did I actually did cave and this is not a, a product plug in any way shape or form but I did cave and support the Kardashians and get some <laughs> good American jeans I like uh, the good I- American jeans they're very great jeans yes they're very comfortable and i'm very happy but i was of course also cracking up because i'm like because i don't really want to give money to the beast that is the kardashian empire but bless (laughs)
2: and i will say this i say this to everybody that wears a size that is not the kind of size where you can just walk into any store and just pick it off the rack and walk away if you wear Mm -hmm. any size that is difficult to find give yourself some grace I get it like i know it's hard but you're like i need to have pants that don't slide down and that Uh fit my body and so please you know what i mean and you know as someone who's never been able to walk into every single store and just pull off the rack and bag it and walk out the door it's exhausting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's exhausting and so whatever you need to do do it like i will never give anybody a hard time
1: Amen. And I also literally was like, I don't want to go into any place to buy jeans because I don't want to be shamed Mm -hmm. because I'm not a size six or a size eight. Like I, I want to feel good about this experience as well, which kudos to Nordstrom's. They did a a lovely job of that. Like, (laughs) and so it is also that, I mean, I think we all, as again, adult women, and now I, you know, putting yourself into a child's mindset, like, I'm still at the age that I am not in, you know, not having a good time if I'm going shopping and I can't find a size that I like. Imagine that as a child. And yeah, like you said, Jackie, that sticks with you for a really long time.
0: And the good American brand, like I do have, but I was very excited that they actually fit. But, but, but also that's a place of privilege. Those are expensive. When you're a kid, you can't, you can't make those determinations. Like, you know, there's, there's, like three different brands i always fall on levi's because i know right that they have my size and i know how they fit and i you know but at the same time i did that the other day too and and again you want to show yourself grace but to a kid they have that extra burden of this is really important to me and it's getting close to six o'clock and i know that you've worked really hard and i know all these various things and it's hard enough I remember um it makes me think of especially when people say you wear a white button-down shirt mm. Like I can never wear a white button-down shirt and that was always the go-to because everybody can fit a white button-down shirt mm. and no you can't right
2: yeah that reminds me of like I don't know if you have when you have like elementary school age kids and then for the winter concert every year at some point you need the white button down and the black yes. pants mm-hmm. and i the panic because sometimes they were the school was really slow with giving you what the like requirements were and i'm like i have to order it online you have to give me at least two weeks notice because i'm yes. gonna have to order it online mm-hmm. because i can't find it it in a store and you think this is like you said a very easy thing to find this button down and to find these black pants which by the way my kid's going to wear one time and i i luckily have the privilege of being able to provide that for her because i want that to feel seamless for my kid yes just like every other parent there i don't want this to be a friction point with her going out and doing this performance but i'm like you've got to remember that not everybody can just walk into old navy or right. whatever and find things that are going to fit their kids so you have to give me time yeah
1: right it given will say, me a lot to no. consider
2: yeah and i have like i said um i do shop online a lot for my kid that's one of my sort of solutions when you have a kid in a bigger body cuz we can't walk into a store um but it can still be yeah. It can be hard.
1: Absolutely. So would love for you to share and, you know, and we'll, we'll kind of go around the the microphone here. Um, what are some things that you want to make sure people heard during this episode? What are some things that are, you know, key takeaways that you want to make sure folks think about? Um,
2: definitely be mindful of how you talk about bodies, including your own. Let's see if we can... Um, I'm not going to ask you to change your thoughts, because that's rough, and just remember thoughts aren't facts, Um, but see if we can collectively decide to stop talking about bodies quite so much, and then just listen with your kid, um, sort of see where they're at, and just probe a little bit if you think that, you know, there's concerns about why they're not participating in sports that they used to love, or dance and things like that, and be prepared for maybe some painful truths yeah and for kids i would say there's nothing wrong with your bodies and i know you love sports and i know you love dance and i know you're good at it because i was too so keep dancing and keep playing sports i love that
0: thank you jackie i want people to remember these are athletes and they need the proper equipment in order to Athlete. Is that a word? Athlete? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, these are athletes and they need the proper equipment to be to take in whatever, you know, activity that they're in. So this is not optional. You know, yep. this is a requirement. Just do it. You know, you have to and do it in advance. So if you're listening right now and it's like still February when we or, or March, when we but do it now. To make sure that you know this summer and as we go into the school year if you haven't done it before do it now so that you're ready and prepared for these athletes to be able to have what they
1: need absolutely uh i would say a couple things go to ember and ace and and buy all the things uh, <laughs> thank you and i think that the one that you just kind of mentioned is uh the kids are already dealing with so many friction points there's so many things that are happening in children's bodies minds at school at home with friends all of these different things this shouldn't have to be a friction point for them and and to have this just be solved simply by hey let's make sure we have the right sizes let's make sure there's a website that they can get the sizes all of those things i think it's just critical to taking one thing off of their plate, one thing off of their little minds that they are worried about. So, yeah, Pam, thank you. Uh, we truly appreciate you joining us today and, and sharing with our listeners. Um, you know, all of these conversations, you know, we, we just think it's important for folks to hear uh, about different topics that might be impacting themselves, their kids, work. Whatever it might be, and so uh thank you for sharing your thoughts and sharing your brand and for doing this work. It's so critical.
2: Thank you. I appreciate you all inviting me to come by. It's been fun
1: absolutely. Yay. all right. Well, this is Katie Van Horn, and this is Jackie Clayton. Bye bye. bye.